Hello and welcome to the Find Your Flow radio show podcast. I'm your host, Winston Wittis, and I'm here today with a very special episode. Today's episode is the circle of life. The circle of life, friend. This is not a Lion King reference, although that is the first thing that popped into my mind, if I'm being honest. I was going to title this episode The Cycle of Life or Life Cycles, but whatever. Circle of Life, we can all sing the song in our heads. You know how it goes. Little lion cub being held up in front of the whole tribe. (sighs) Anyway, The Circle of Life, Cycle of Life, Circle of Life, sorry, Circle of Life, stay on topic. Got me thinking about this circle of life because, or kind of like life cycles or history of our own individual lives. So, for example, or at least mine, maybe you can relate. So, I did a DJ gig the other night, and then um, actually the one before that, so maybe two weeks ago now. And it was for a company... I did their um, holiday party last year, and I was going through, so this month, the month I'm uh, recording this, happens to be the 15-year anniversary of Level 3 Records. Level 3 Records is my, I think my first official business that, no, yeah, maybe, my first official business, and by official, I just mean like I registered it with the city and, um, you know, got my bank account and business credit and all that. Like, I've had other entrepreneurial little businesses, but they were more like just sole proprietor. I mean, this was sole proprietor too, Um, but like, you know, official, official, official. Founded it in 2003, December of 2003, right after I graduated college. And... Although I didn't like officially release, I mean, I did release music, but more of the time I was, uh, well, in addition to releasing mixtapes and whatnot back in the day, I was producing electronic music events, dance events, parties, and <clears throat> been a DJ, basically DJ, uh, you know, live entertainment business for the last 15 years. So I've been going through all these old photos and old video clips that I have from past events. And one thing that I kind of was reminded of is that when I was trying to figure out how to become a full-time DJ back in the probably early 2000s, you know, I graduated college in 2003 and I was trying to figure out, okay, how do I do music full-time, right? I went to school for music, went to college, graduated, got my degree in music. So my plan was to be a music teacher. That was something I really wanted to do. I wanted to give back. I had some very inspiring music teachers, and it really changed my life. And so that was something I really wanted to be able to do for for other kids. You know, for I, I felt that, like, for me personally, teenage years were pretty challenging. And high school was pretty challenging, and um, music really helped. So I felt very called to give back in that way. And I also still had dreams of touring professionally and being, you know, a rock star, so to speak, 
or DJ star or whatever, electronic music performer star. And so I was trying to make that happen, right? Hustling and doing DJ gigs every weekend and making money, but not, but as my wife, you know, we got married right um, in January of 2004. So right after we moved back to San Diego, I got the business up and running and we got married the next month. We'd already been dating for three years, I think, three or four years at that time. And uh, so as I was like trying to figure out how does this actually look, you know, I had this dream for years, even before that when I was in bands, like, you know, we always had the, the dream that bands have, like, we're going to make it, we're going to make it big, we're going to tour the world, we're going to be rock stars, it's going to be amazing. And then we split ways, you know, we had different creative differences and uh, it was good, it's all good. And they went down the um, their path, and uh, they still play together today, those guys, which is really amazing. And, you know, I kind of went solo, had a different take on what I wanted to do with music and performing. And, uh, you know, I was, I was kind of filling in the, the, the spots to understand how does this really work? How do I get paid enough to live off this as a DJ, as a solo performer? And I was getting gigs, like I said. And they were paying, and it just wasn't enough to do full-time. You know, I still had to teach music lessons, which I was fine with, right? But the point being, as I was getting better at the business side of it and booking gigs and putting on shows, I, you know, came across this idea of I got some residencies. A residency is when you have a regular gig at a at a venue so for instance i had a i got a residency at club decos which is a club i think they're still open downtown san diego and so i got to perform there every i don't remember i think we did it once a month at decos a monthly residency there and then um maybe it's weekly shoot i can't remember now uh, but anyway, so I started getting some residencies at different places, and so there was this kind of frequency or schedule that would, that, you know, okay, monthly here, weekly there, uh, you know, guest performances at this place, or trade nights with this with this other DJ crew. They had residencies at this other club, and so you know they would do a night at ours, we'd do a night at theirs, and so we started to build this network of residencies in a sense, right? And so then as we got a little older, Elaine and I, you know, she was doing her career as a teacher was, um, you know, where it was. And she was, we were wanting more money. You know, we are growing up in expenses in life and eventually we want to have kids and, you know, the whole thing. So it's like, okay, well, I was doing okay, but not great by any stretch of the imagination. How do I make more money with this? And I was exposed to the idea of weddings and corporate events because there's a heck of a lot more money in weddings and corporate events. So I was like, well, it's not exactly what I want to do, but I do want to make more money, and my wife definitely wants me to make more money. And so what do I do? Well, go out and bite the bullet and do what I got to do. So the club's very cool, right? It's uh, it's kind of a you know very um, fun thing to do, be able to go downtown, play at the cool clubs, free drinks, just part, basically get paid to party and rock clubs and have fun. It's great, right? Dream come true. And then I got my first wedding gig. And 
I'm off track here. This isn't part of the bigger picture. I'm sorry. Yeah. So basically what I, I realized was um, as I was going through these photos is that I discovered this idea of residencies and then in the that was kind of more of a short-term frequency, once a week, once a month, right? Then as I got into the corporate gigs, corporate gigs being for companies, right? Like their company holiday party, or I had Westfield Malls as a, a client. I, so I DJed for a lot of events at all the different Westfield Malls here in San Diego and even one up in Orange County. And that was really cool because they had all sorts of different things like yearly events, pop-up events and holiday events, Black Friday events. And so I got to DJ at a lot of these. And so as my timeline time line in the business expanded, right, I started to notice these bigger residencies or bigger cycles. I had yearly clients like, oh, this client books me every year for a birthday. This client books me every year for their Christmas holiday party. This client books me for their Halloween party. And then I have, you know, PB reality show. And they book me for like three to four times a year for all their different events. And then this other, you know, I was doing a lot more charity work back then. And so I had several charities that I would do a yearly or bi-yearly event. So before I knew it, I had filled up my schedule with these repeat clients. And that was kind of a really like big thing for me to figure out was like wow you know this because uh, it, it, in the past as I was younger you know a year seems like forever it's like oh my gosh you know that that might as well who knows if I'll be alive then and well, I wouldn't even like on the one house kind of looking far down the road but not far enough down the road to where it made sense where I really got it I guess you know just my perspective as I got older changed right so this idea of these frequencies and cycles is kind of a part of what I wanted to talk about today is what cycles do you have in your life that you're maybe not aware of or that you are aware of and how how do you use them so another one just to kind of give you some examples so it's kind of the end of the year here as I'm recording this and uh, going into the new year and so I'm looking at my goals I'm looking at my actions for the new year and I just uh, clean my jacuzzi okay so that's something I do once a quarter so that's not a monthly thing it's not a weekly thing it's a quarterly thing so I'll do it three times I'll do it four times this year and so I put it in my calendar book my planner and that's a you know it seems like oh it's one of those things that's like it doesn't seem like it's that often, but then it comes around so quick, if that makes sense. It's like, oh, I got four whole months before I have to worry about it. Oh, shoot, that's today. That already flew by. So then it's like, you know, as you get older, for most of us, I think it's safe to say our, our relationship to time starts, it shifts as we get older. Time, we get a broader sense of time. And so time passes more quickly in relation to our experience of it. When we're young, so I love the fact, you know, my boys, our boys are are young, and uh, Bradley, our oldest, had summer vacation uh, about six months ago, and he was off, I don't know, like a month and a half or two months or something, and, you know, brought me back to when I was that age, and it seemed like summer 
went on forever. <laughs> it's like just this endless stream of being at home and like going on vacation. We went to, uh, you know, camping and whatnot. And it was amazing. And I remember it feeling like it would never end. And it was such a great feeling. And so when Bradley was on vacation, I kind of wanted to let him have that same experience. Like we didn't put too much responsibility on him. And, you know, there was days like he just <laughs> stay in his pajamas for like two days straight. And it was, you know, I just, maybe I'm irresponsible as a parent, but it's like, I feel like that's like a rite of passage as a kid, you know, to be able to just watch cartoons for two or three days straight and not have any responsibilities. And for him to just be in this kind of like summer days of, you know, who cares what day it is, what week is it, what year is it, nobody knows, it's all irrelevant, you know. And um, and so as we get older, then, uh, you know, summers tend to fly by if you even get one, if you even take time off for summer, right? So the kid's got a uh, winter break coming up. That's going to be two weeks off for him. And those cycles, what do they, you know, what do we do with it, right? What's the... Uh, do you have a ceremony or a, um, a tradition at this time of year or any time of year, whatever, you know, or around certain things that you do? That's kind of the idea. Our own personal life history, and if you've ever heard, you know, know your history so that you don't repeat it, that kind of thought, what are the things in our own personal history that we do want to repeat that are maybe tradition or cycles of some sort, birthdays, anniversaries, yearly trips to wherever, maybe watch certain movies during the holidays or whatever. Those kind of traditions, do you have them mapped out? Do you just remember them? Are there certain ones that you would like to add? Are there certain ones that you would like to delete? That's kind of the big thought for today is just exploring our own personal histories and cycles and being aware of them and consciously deciding whether or not they serve us and whether or not we want to continue them or enhance them or diminish them, add new ones. So uh, I'll share with you a couple that I'm working on one with uh so I made this um I'm leading a book club at work and it's actually the same book club that uh that you're welcome to join find your flow book club check it out go to findyourflow.com forward slash book club and I can't remember if there's a hyphen between book club or not try them both and uh yeah, being able to lead the book club and get people involved with self-improvement and learning and goal setting and, you know, just connecting with each other as we are supporting each other in these goals is really exciting for me. And part of it is uh, getting clear on what things we want to change, right? Right now we're going through this resolution setting. And so one of the resolutions that I was talking about for myself personally is I want, you know, our oldest son right now is seven. Our youngest is two. So the two-year-old needs a lot of attention, right? Bradley, our oldest, is at the age where he can keep himself 
occupied. You know, he's uh, really enjoys watching YouTube videos and learning how to build things in Minecraft and then going and building things in Minecraft. And so he can keep himself very well busy, but I don't always want him on the darn thing playing Minecraft, right? However, I also get distracted by the young guy because he does need a lot of attention. He's very, he's like nonstop, nonstop, this kid. And so we're always on our toes trying to keep up with him and keep him engaged with something. And if we slip and we start doing something else, he'll come in and remind us that he needs attention to uh, to do something. So it's pretty challenging at times. You know, how that's a kind of a big gap, right? We've got five years between them. Keeping them both engaged in the same thing is not always so easy. So I feel bad. You know, I feel guilty. I feel like I'm failing. Not failing as a parent. It's pretty dramatic. But, you know, like there's room for improvement, right, with, with how I'm spending time with the world is. So, so that's one of my resolutions. Now, that's pretty vague. What does spending time with him look like? What is this thing that's going to make me feel like I'm actually spending quality time with him, that we're making progress in some way? So I've outlined some things that I feel are very important to me that I want to be able to pass on to him, skills and knowledge and, and experiences. So while we're at home, one thing I like to do while we're hanging out and playing and doing whatever is play music that is either jazz or classical music. Those are both musical styles that I'm a fan of and that I feel there's a lot of value to being exposed to and to, to getting deeper into. So every weekend we listen to some music from different different uh, composers and artists. So last weekend we listened to some John Coltrane as well as some um, Schumann for classical piano and uh, even some Schubert. And and then the weekend before that we were listening to some Eric Dolphy for jazz and uh, Johann Sebastian Bach for piano. So I try to mix it up and get these guys exposed to different, some of my favorite artists and composers. So that's one thing, and it's pretty easy, and it's fun, and it's, you know, I don't push the whole musical theory and knowledge part of it too much. I just really want them to just be exposed to it and have it just as a natural part of what we do when we're hanging out. So, boom, that's pretty pretty easy, pretty actionable, pretty specific. And in, in my journal, I track which artists we listen to that weekend. So that's kind of fun. Another thing that I realized, so this this has been one I've um, wanted to do with the kids. So our young guy, like I mentioned, is nonstop, very active, very rough and tumble ball guy. Uh, Bradley, our oldest, not as rough and tumble, much more gentler artist type. And, uh, you know, but he was our firstborn. So when he was like four, um, I started, I've been training, I started training jujitsu when he was about two because I needed activities for myself because he was getting faster and faster and I was getting fatter and fatter and slower and slower and I couldn't keep up. I literally physically was like, man, I can't keep up with this guy and he's only going to get faster and I'm not so old that I want to be dying yet. Like I want to be fast and energetic still and athletic and be able to keep up with my kids. And so I started training Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and that really helped me get into shape. And so by the time he was four, he was old enough to start classes kind of almost. Actually, I think he was like three and a half when I started bringing him. I, I had been bringing him in um, since I started because uh, 
for a lot of reasons, but he would, you know, he wasn't training. He was just kind of playing in the, the little waiting room and hanging out while I was training. And so um, when I started putting him on the mats with the other kids, he was, you know, small and um, kind of scared and is overwhelming and uh, kind of scarred him for life in that respect. And so as a lame parent, I felt horrible. It's like, oh, I'm that parent that pushes their kid into this thing they don't really want to do because I want to do it. <laughs> I don't want to be that parent. And so I stopped, you know, taking him. And um, we would play at home. I have mats at home, so we'd train, play jiu-jitsu on the mats at home. Well, <coughs> one time he got scared or overwhelmed and um, kind of scared him from that. And so any time, so then we would kind of roughhouse on the mats and he would like it, but he didn't want me to use jiu-jitsu. Like he had this fear of like anything that even sounded like jiu-jitsu. I was like, ah. Oh blowing it right but now he's seven and so the other day we were I was on the mats and Ethan and I were playing Bradley comes over and starts playing with us and um you know he starts doing grappling type stuff he gets mounts he gets uh my back and so we're playing and stuff and um you know I said something or did something he's like no no jujitsu moves blah, blah blah I was like look kid you know I know that you're upset about what happened when you were three but you gotta let it go you're you're a little kid, you know, like, let's move on. You're seven now. And he kind of laughed, and, like, I think he kind of realized, like, yeah, okay, it's time for me to let that go. And then I, I taught him, um, you know, he was grabbing at my leg, and I showed him how to do a straight ankle lock. And uh, he did it, and I, like, you know, tapped, and he was very proud of himself, right, because now he just learned a new uh, attack, a new technique. And I didn't push it, you know, I didn't, like, hey, let me show you how to do this. It was just, like, very organic, and he learned something, and I got to share with him some new skill, and we are on the mat, all three of us, you know, me and my two boys, and it was very, like, yes, this is what I want. I don't have to make it where they're both going to class, you know, and being more structured, but if I could even just get them to rough house on the mats with me for a half hour a month, and I can somehow sneak in one new technique a month, I would be super stoked. That's 12 techniques a year that I could be exposing him to. And I know the little guy, he's going to pick it up. I just have a feeling he's going to be, like, much more into it. But either way, I want Bradley to understand self, some basic self-defense type stuff and uh, be able to play along with us, right? So that was uh, a realization I just had recently, and that's going to be a goal for me going into the new year as, uh, um, you know, a monthly goal in addition to the music. Those are two big things I want to do. And I explained in another episode uh, a while back, I'll kind of talk about one more real quick one. When I'm driving to school, when I'm dropping the kid uh, off at school, playing singing, this singing games, ear training games. Solfege is, uh, you know, do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti, do. Teaching them how to sing like that and use the syllables and hear it. And we've been doing that not as consistently as I would like, However, my I don't want to pressure him, right? So I've kind of scaled back my own goal for that. I want to do it every day. But I'm a very do it every day, you know, I'm a I want to say type A, but kind of almost with my goals. And uh, I'm also an adult, right? And I realize he's a kid and I don't want to jam my goals onto him. So I want to do it in a little bit more organic and free and fun way. So I've toned back my goals on that. It doesn't have to be every day, but at least you know, two or three times a month, maybe once a week I'll, I'll shoot for. Once a week, 
we do an ear training game on the way to school. That's a good one, okay? So that's going to be my other big one. So those things, they're not going to take up a tremendous amount of time that I spend with my kids. However, I feel that these are very important. This is what I would deem quality time that I can look back and say, yeah, I, I was hitting these things, um, and I feel good about that because that's something I know that they can take with them for their whole lives and develop further if they want to, and if not, it's okay. At least they have these basic skills that I feel will serve them well in other aspects of their life. So that's kind of it for me, and what I want to share with you is, are there certain things that you give more weight to or more value to that you could fill into the gaps of your regularly scheduled life program and that you would feel very rewarded by doing so? It doesn't have to be a super big amount of time or some big, cool, crazy thing like, oh, I want to take my kids on a Disney cruise. Yeah, I do want to do that. However, it's not right now. It's not this summer, probably. Maybe next summer. I don't know. But... You know what I mean? It, it doesn't have to be these big extravagant things. It's the little things sometimes that, that really matter. So that's what it is for me. Feel free to make up your own, of course. And until next time, my friend, be flowing.